Now, get ready to talk hockey. Streaming from the Oilers Live Studio. Subscribe or follow today. Hey, 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 it's Michael here from Oilers Live with another Tuesday live stream, which we'll uh, release later as a recorded podcast for those of you who want to take it in and don't have the time today. I am very excited to have as a guest today, uh, Tess Bennett. You can find her on Twitter at TG underscore Bennett. And uh, this is uh, also kind of cool because it's your podcast debut. Welcome to Oilers Live. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. I feel like a, a bit of a celebrity right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are. And, and I've been saying to uh, people that uh, you're definitely one of my favorite follows on uh, on Twitter. Um, and so, I, you know what? I was excited when I, when I thought about um, inviting you on the show. Um, I thought, you know, I, I can't. I actually was uh, upset that I'd never done it before. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sorry for taking so long to ask. Yeah, happy to have you. Thank you. So let's let's tell those people that are watching or listening, um, you know, a little bit about yourself. I I know a, a little bit about you. You're um, uh, I put in the description in the in the show notes that you're a part time Red Wings fan and a big Oilers <laughs> fan. Uh, so you know, I mean, a good place to start is you know what? How'd you become a hockey fan, and how'd you become a Red Wings. I see. Uh, is that Stevie Y in the background? Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. okay. So how'd you become a Red Wings fan? And and uh, and then why the Oilers? Uh, obviously, you're uh, in Edmonton right now. So, yeah. so um, you know, my story maybe is a little bit different um, than other uh, listeners or other um, Oilers fans. Um, I actually didn't become a hockey fan until I was a little bit older. Not, I was, I was a kid, but I was probably about 12 or 13 when I became a hockey fan. I didn't grow up with hockey in my house or anything like that. I didn't have, um, you know, I wasn't raised in a hockey household, um, but I became really good friends with somebody when I was in middle school who was a huge hockey fan, specifically a Red Wings fan. And she, um, got me into watching hockey. And from the first moment I saw a game, I was hooked. Absolutely. Hook, line, and sinker. And um, why Detroit? Uh, I was born and raised in Southeast Michigan, so just north of Detroit. So, you know, <laughs> in the middle of hockey town. Yeah. Um, lots of Red Wings fans. Um, so they were my team, um, you know, and through most of my adulthood. I do still follow the Red Wings. I am still a Red Wings fan. However, um, I happened to meet somebody and fall in love with somebody who was a born and raised Edmontonian and I became an Oilers fan too. And, um, you know, I don't like to say I'm more of one fan than another. I don't want to upset any fan base. I'm still a Red Wings <laughs> fan, but I'm also yeah. a huge Oilers fan. And of course, um, living in the Edmonton area, you know, every, everything Oilers, the coverage here is, you know, immense, um, I don't get to follow the Red Wings as much here in Alberta. Um, although, of course, with technology, it's a little easier. But uh, you know, you're definitely immersed in 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 Oilers when you when you live here. So, um, yeah, I've been an Oilers fan since I guess about 2007. Kind of casually before that, they were always kind of a team I was interested in. But so you have um, never seen a deep Oilers playoff run. <laughs> I haven't actually just after just right, after. and I I kind of laugh because I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of, 
I don't know if it's a coincidence, maybe it's a coincidence. So the Oilers had their, you know, 06 playoff run where they made it, you know, we know the story, of course. (laughs) Um, And then the following year is when I moved up to Alberta. And ever since then, uh, that Oilers have struggled to, to just make the playoffs and they certainly haven't had a deep playoff run. I'm not saying that there's any kind of association there. I'm not trying to say I'm a drink or anything like that, but uh, it is a little bit of a coincidence. I, I have faith, though, that 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 deep playoff run will happen. Soon. It's a small sample size, but it correlates. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's too bad. I mean, I, I, um, I was lucky enough that I grew up during the Oilers dynasty. And uh, although, to be fair, I wasn't an Oilers fan back then. I I missed out on really really enjoying. I I was around the city. I was just a kid growing up, and so I saw the um, Stanley Cups. But I I was, uh, you know, my family's uh, French background, and so I was a Habs fan growing up. It wasn't until uh, I want to say sort of early '90s that I became an Oilers fan. So I, you know, I, I uh, missed all of the cups. Uh, and, um, but I saw some exciting teams. We had some exciting teams in the nineties that were, you know, really fun to watch, but never really did much. And then of course, 2006 was, um, was outstanding. It's too bad. You, um, you kind of missed that as (laughs) as a fan, but having said that, I mean, you were a Red Wings fan and you, and you saw your share of winning teams and, and, uh, some great players. Um, do I need to ask like, who's your favorite Red Wings player? <laughs> uh, well, you can probably guess if, if you can see in the background, you mentioned it. Um, I have a Steve Eiserman photograph back there. I also have a, a drawing back there, a sketch, but you can't really see it. Yeah. So Steve Eiserman was, um, he was the first hockey player that I absolutely adored and he was exciting to watch. Um, I got to see him, um, I guess kind of in his prime has, I, I think by the time I became a fan, he was kind of starting to move out of that real high scoring kind of um, part of his career and kind of becoming more of a, a two-way player by the time I became a really kind of hardcore fan, but I still got to see, um, I got to see a lot of his career and, you know, it was an exciting career and he, you know, people in Detroit, you know, adore Steve Eiserman um, in any capacity he's been with the Red Wings. I mean, they adored him even when he wasn't, yeah. you know, when he, when he had his time with Tampa Bay, um, you know, I think people always believe that he'd come back to the Red Wings organization. He was, uh, you know, he's beloved in Detroit um, and uh, for good reason. Um, yeah. So he's, he's always been my number one. He always will be. <laughs> um, and it's exciting to see him now, um, you know, as GM of the, of the Red Wings doing some really great things. So. Yeah. I got, I got to say, I've got a bit of a man crush on Steve <laughs> I mean, The guy just, you know, he does everything well, right? Like when he yeah. was a scorer, he was a good scorer. And, and in fact, if not for Lemieux and Gretzky being around during that time, he, he would have been the best player in the league at that time. Uh, except there were two pretty damn good ones uh, at that, you know, when he was really scoring and then, you know, when he couldn't score anymore, I mean, he was one of the best leaders in the league. Uh, and as you said, I mean, a hell of a two-way player. And then, you know, he's, you know, retired and now he's a GM. And I mean, God, like you got to love the guy. He just, 
he does everything well. He does it with class and, and uh, he just doesn't seem to be, there doesn't seem to be a bad thing about him. At least I'm not going to look it up because today, <laughs> I, I mean, like yeah. I, I adore the guy. He's, um, he's a hell of a hockey player and he's fun to watch in, in hockey parlance. We'd say he's a butte. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 <laughs> so uh, that's great. So now, um, now you've got two teams that aren't really performing <laughs> <laughs> to expectations. Uh, how does that feel like as a, you know, as a hockey fan? I mean, you got to be hoping now the Oilers, um, they've got Holland. Were you excited about Holland coming over? Did you, did you feel he was the right fit? I mean, you knew, obviously you knew of him as a Detroit fan, but um, did you think, oh, I might've lost you. We'll hold on half a second here. Yeah. Uh- some really fantastic things with that organization, no doubt. Um, you know, even before he became GM and he had a, a few other roles with the team, you know, scouting and um, assistant GM and. Oh. Yeah, I, I, I'm still here. We just. Uh, it's kind of cutting in and out. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, it's all right. So, so I, I did, I caught, uh, yeah, that he was, uh, did some other roles with the team. You're talking about Ken Holland, of course. Um, I missed the yeah, part though. Yeah. yeah. So if you, were you excited about him coming over? Um, I had mixed feelings. I think, um, he spent a long time with the Red Wings, did some great things, but he retired and then he came out of retirement to be GM of the Oilers. I think I had some reservations. I was kind of hopeful, but, um, and he's done some good things and he's done some things that I haven't necessarily <laughs> agreed with. I think like lots of fans, um, I, you know, I, I struggle sometimes because, um, I do think, that Ken Holland is one of those GMs where he's, you know, he's, he's kind of fallen behind the times, so to speak. Yeah. Like yeah. I said, he came out of retirement uh, to be GM of the Oilers. And you know, like I said, he has done some good things, but I think there's, um, there's some things I see where I, um, you know, I question it sometimes. And I know a lot of people, you know, you, you look at social media and you see the chatter and, you know, a lot of people talk about how he refers back to, you know, his time with the Red Wings and all his successes. And, you know, it, it's great to, to, you know, refer back to your, you know, experiences, but at the same time, you know, it, it's 2021 now and you got to, you know, you got to get with the times. And I think there's, I don't know. I, I sometimes I feel, and, you know, I, I talk about this with other people too. Sometimes I feel like maybe it's just um, his time as a GM is kind of, uh, I don't know, not, not with the Oilers necessarily, but, you know, maybe it, maybe G being a GM in the NHL is, um, not for him anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I would say that I, um, I don't disagree. There's some things I actually really love about the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I always, um, and if you've listened to the show enough times, anybody that's listened enough times will know there was, I was, I happened to be at a hotel, staying at a hotel, uh, pre Oilers game. I went, and had some breakfast there was the um it was the executive floor and you and you they had a little you know breakfast buffet or something there that you could go eat and so there were only a few people on that floor that were in there eating and in walks ken holland with a friend of his and they sit behind me like literally right behind me and uh, so i could hear every word and um so you know i'm i'm hoping like i'm completely eavesdropping right <laughs> I'm to catch, catch something anything right that i can uh you know say uh you know on the show or a little bit of a scoop and 
and uh, be a real insider for a change rather than uh, <laughs> rather than all these <laughs> yeah. matters that pop up. Uh, of course, he you know he um, he doesn't say anything. He he talks about he ends up talking about college hockey with uh, whoever his friend was and and how he thought that's the way kids should go now college hockey instead of the junior route the CHL route. Well, very interesting. Great to hear his thoughts. But what it what I took away from that was listening to him and just how astute of a man he was, like how incredibly intelligent he was. Um, you know, he he just, you know, he was well spoken. He still is, you know, reasonably well spoken. Um, and you know, outside of the fact that I I like I think you're right. I think that perhaps maybe the game is passing him by a touch. And um and that's with a lot of respect for a guy that's done a great job in this league. Um, but, you know, we, uh, even me, who, like, I, um, I would say I'm not the biggest analytics guy. I still respect analytics, uh, you know, a fair bit in understanding, you know, the value of a player to an organization. I think it has to be taken into consideration. It just feels like he doesn't, he doesn't go that route. Uh, you know, I, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, what, your thoughts on that? I mean, do you like, have you picked up anything like that? Like, uh, I, I think you see patterns with Holland for sure. I think his reputation for, you know, um, really favoring veteran guys is, is well known. Yep. <laughs> we definitely saw that in Detroit and, uh, I think we're, we're, we're seeing it somewhat with the Oilers as well. Yeah. I kind of always have had the feeling with Ken Holland and, and, you know, again, maybe it worked for him really well earlier on as a GM, but yeah, I think Ken Holland's a guy that kind of goes, um, goes off of, I don't know if gut feeling or just kind of, you know, that, uh, that sense he has that, you know, this is a player that will fit well with us or, you know, it, it, he doesn't necessarily put it down to numbers or this is what I saw, you know, like you said, um, kind of an, an analytics, analytics type guy. He, I wouldn't say he is either. So I think he kind of just, um, um, he has his way of doing things. He kind of goes with, uh, I don't, you know, what, what he sees on the ice and kind of what he favors in players, just kind of maybe some of those intangibles more. Did you have a um, chance to catch his uh, post Duncan Keith trade press conference? Yeah, I did. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I, I just, uh, the other day I was um, once, once in a while ago, scour the internet for obscure, uh, podcasts, hockey podcasts, because there's, you know, I am one of, there's probably about a thousand Oilers podcasts and then there's, um, you know, you know, a million hockey podcasts. And, and I found this hockey podcast based out of Portland. can't remember the name. I wish I could, uh, again, just another obscure one who knows how many listeners they have, but they were talking about league news and they talked about Ken Hall and this this was a podcast just after the Duncan Keith trade and the guy explained it best he said that was the most get off my lawn <laughs> type of press conference I've ever <laughs> seen in the NHL and that's kind of sticking with me I yeah uh, get off my lawn that's exactly how it felt <laughs> now I you know I don't maybe yeah. you remember did he have press conferences like that when he was in Detroit or is that sort of new now that he's a an Oilers guy? Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Mike. My uh my connection is not good right now. Yeah, mine's having a little here, bit but, of uh, trouble too, but we're we're sort of a little bit intermittent, but we'll 
keep going. Did you catch the question though? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Um, Yeah, yeah, I don't, you know, when I was, when I was a Red Wings fan living in uh, Michigan, um, you know, I think I probably spent less time, um, you know, watching those types of things. I, I, you know, I watched the games. I didn't watch a ton of of media around the games necessarily. So I, I I couldn't tell you for sure. I don't really remember much about his pressers back then. (laughs) Plus, you know, technology was different then too. You don't have, you know, now it's just everywhere and you're so immersed in it and there's so many different platforms and, you know, back in, you know, I don't want to date myself, but back in the (laughs) nineties, early two thousands, that just wasn't the case. Yeah, fair fair enough. (laughs) Yeah. Let's not date either of ourselves here. (laughs) Uh, so I we do have a question uh, from YouTube. Uh, it says, uh, do you think uh, this is for you? Uh, do you think Nurse is going to step up to expectations and add more to his game in consideration of the recent contract signing? I think that's actually a fantastic question. That is a fantastic question. <laughs> well, of course, the pressure's on now. The heat's on, right? Um, you know, I've thought about this many times, like the contract. How do I feel about the contract? I mean, you know, I, I have... I have nothing to do with the contract. I don't write, I don't write his checks. So (laughs) he, he really had a fantastic season this last season. And, you know, um, just given, I feel like that with, with, if I can talk for just a sec about the nurse contract, I feel like the writing was kind of on the wall. You know, I think he got what I probably would have expected him to get just based on what had happened recently with other, you know, big D men signings in the, in the NHL. So I don't think it was a shocker for nurse to get uh, the contract um, that he did. Um, You know, I I think time is of the essence with this team, right? They've got this core now and they want to win now. So the pressure's on for sure. Um, You know, I, I, he, he, I felt like nurse needed to have a big season last season and he did. Um, I hope that he can continue that. Um, I'm not. I'm not really sure what to expect. Like, do we expect him to regress a little bit, or do we expect him to continue on the same path? I mean, he's really shown a lot of growth in his game. So I'd like to. I'd like to. You know, I'd like to think that he's going to continue to grow that way and have have a strong season. Um, but I guess we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, I had you know I had Bruce McCurdy on last week, uh, and Bruce I think uh, you know summed it up for me, which is that nurse, you know, we got a, a deal for nurse the last couple of seasons. Like he's really sort of, um, been underpaid, uh, given what he's given to the team. Um, and now it's time for him to get paid. I think that, um, you know, as Oilers fans, we should respect that. And, and of course you're right. 100% right. We don't, we don't write the contracts that's for Holland and, and them to make, and we don't pay the paychecks, but you know, we certainly, uh, I guess we contribute in our own ways as fans, but um, he's, he's worth it. I, 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 I can't help but think there was somebody, maybe they commented on YouTube or, or somewhere where they, you know, they were kind of saying like, you know, out of all the, out of all the D-men in the league and they were listing D-men, you know, would you keep nurse? And, and outside of a select few D-men in the league, uh, there's not many I'd trade for him, right? Like, yeah. you know, he was, he was, he had a, you know, a Norris quality season, yep. right? Like he was outstanding and, and really kind of thrust into that role uh, when everybody thought that that was Clefbaum's role, right? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and so nobody was expecting him. In fact, I would say there were a lot of naysayers early on yeah. in the season. You know? Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I've always been a bit of a, a Darnell Nurse fan, uh, so maybe I've got some bias, but um, it just seems it, it's he's one of those players that there were a lot of people wanted to trade him <laughs> last year, uh, and, and I just don't get it. I I really don't. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I like. I, I, you know, we've 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 drafted this guy. Um, we've taken some time to develop him, and why? And it. <laughs> Okay. Why do we always want to push these defensemen out the door here? You know, like we got to have a little bit of patience. We've had some patience. He's, he stepped up last year. You know, if you're going to, if you're going to let Darnell, Darnell nurse go into free agency, are you willing to take that risk? Are you willing to lose him? So if you lose him, who do you replace him with? Right. Yeah. Uh, we've already lost. We know we're not going to have Oscar Clefbaum this coming season. You know, you're really taking a risk if you're, if you're not willing to, um, you know, sign Dar- Darnell Nurse. What do you What do you do? I mean, I and I've, I've you know I've liked Darnell Nurse's game. I mean, have I, you know, have I been frustrated with him early on? Sometimes, you know, when he was younger, sure. But he was the young defenseman, and now he's coming into his his prime more, and um, he's really showing his commitment to developing as a defenseman. And um, yeah, I mean, it was it was time for him to get paid. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I hundred percent agree. I mean, you can argue as much as you want about the the dollar value. I, I think there's something to be said that we do need to pay a little bit more for somebody to be in Edmonton. Uh, it's just a fact, right? It's, you know, it's a Northern city. It's a high profile market where, you know, you can't go and eat at the local restaurant without somebody recognizing you. And, and so, you not you know, you're not just going to blend in and, and be able to have, you know, that kind of a normal life. So there's some, there's some trade-offs you take as a hockey player. Um, and uh, a guy that um, I, you know, I think two, three years down the road, we could be um, saying this is a hell of a deal, like we are with um, with Drysital, right? Mm-hmm. Like his his contract, obviously, is um, the Drysital contract right now looks like genius, and I hate to always hate to say that because we know who signed it, uh, but uh, but still, the Drysital contract looks great, and and I think we may. Well, I'm hoping, I mean, I'll hold out hope that we can um, say that about nurse. So let's, you know, let's talk a little bit about the league right now. And, and maybe we start with the Oilers because I'm curious your thoughts. I mean, you, you know, you've, you've said what I think a lot of us are thinking about Ken Holland. Um, I, I, I haven't read the article yet, so uh, but I, I read, I kind of skimmed it. There was, um, I think Staples had put out a, an article that Wyshynski said something nice about Ken Holland or gave him a B, B plus grade or something like that. I'd have to, I'll have to read the full article, but what's your thought in terms of, you know, did, did, did Ken Holland succeed in making the Oilers better this off season? Uh, you mentioned we had a short, uh, a short time span, uh, which I, you know, I agree with. Um, do you think the Oilers are on the right trajectory or, you know, is there more that needs to be done? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I definitely liked uh, some of the the moves that Ken Holland made in this off season. Um, there's others I was kind of okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Duncan Keith uh, when there was all the chatter about Duncan Keith coming to Edmonton, I was a little unsure about that. I think a lot of it just given his age. Um, you know, 
and uh, you know, but you know, he signed him, and I, I think I think more than anything, it's not even um, about the player um, himself, but kind of what we had to um, or what Ken Holland you know gave up for him, and we we mm-hmm. we know what he said about that when people questioned him about it. Um, but I don't think I'm any different than a lot of a lot of uh, fans and kind of wondering why maybe we had to give up so much for Duncan Keith. You know, I think he you know, he could definitely be a positive for the Oilers. And again, I didn't, I didn't make the, I didn't make the trade. So, but I, I do, I do question if that was necessary to give up that much. Apparently Ken Holland thought, you know, that was necessary. Um, I think Duncan Keith, uh, you know, can be, um, you know, can be a solid fit for this team. Um, the Zach Hyman signing, I really liked that. I like Zach Hyman as a player. Um, I just, you know, I didn't, I wasn't going to broadcast it when he was a Maple Leaf because he was a Maple Leaf. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, now that he's in Oilers silks, Hey, you know, um, I think that's a, that's a solid move. I really liked that. Um, He's a damn likable guy too, isn't he? Yes, like, did very you much his, so. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. And I kind of knew a little bit some of those things. You know, I like to, as a, as a hockey fan, I do, I'm the kind of fan that likes to delve into more, you know, about players' uh, backgrounds, not even from a hockey standpoint, but just little things. About, I like to know more about the players, right? So I knew uh, a little more about Zach Hyman. I knew that he had become a children's book author. I thought that was cool. And, you know, I have kids, so that was pretty cool. To me. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. um. But, you know, I've always, you know, he was one of those guys when we, when the Oilers would play against the Leafs, you know, I'd find myself constantly saying, oh man, Zach Hyman, man, he's just killing us. So to have him on our team is, is, you know, I like that a lot. (laughs) Um, The Cody CC signing, I, you know, I was kind of in the middle about that. I think, you know, he could, you know, I could see him fitting into the lineup for sure. I, I don't have strong feelings, I think one way or the other. Um, you know, the trade, uh, you know, I think it broke my heart a bit to the trade trading Ethan bear, you know, he's a, he was a fan favorite in, in Edmonton for sure. Um, and he, again, a young defenseman, he was, you know, maybe starting to show us what he's capable of again, likable guy. It always hurts when you trade away a guy that's, you know, very likable, a fan favorite. And I know they always say, don't get attached to players because then they'll get <laughs> traded. And, and I'm an emotional person that way. I'm, a, I'm a, you know, I wear my heart on my sleeve when it comes to being a hockey fan. I, um, you know, I, I get attached to players. I do. So it, it was hard to see Ethan Bear get traded. I'm excited to have, um, you know, Fogel on the team. I, I think he'll be good. Man, those jokes, though, are just going to be nonstop. I hope we get over that whole, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. you know, the super bad jokes real fast. But yeah. uh, I'm excited to see what Warren Fogel could do on this team. I, I like him as a player as well. Um, have Has the team, you know, is the team better? <laughs> Yeah, you know, that's tough because, you know, again, we've lost, um, you know, we know Clefbaum's not going to be back. Um, we, again, I, I ne- neglected to mention the re-signing of Tyson Berry, and I know that's a polarizing topic, too. <laughs> yeah. There's some, you know, some real, you know, um, some people really love Tyson Berry and others don't. He had a great season with the Oilers. I, you know, I am I ever going to be 100% happy with every player's game? No, but overall, I, I liked what he did with the Oilers this past year. I was I was fine with re-signing him, and especially once we knew we'd lost uh, Adam Larson. You know, your hands are cut. You got to do something, right? You can't you can't get rid of all your all your defensemen. Um, you know, I think we. And again, it's not like these these you know top pairing defensemen are you know growing on trees and you know they're expensive. So you know I think the Barry signing was I think that was fine. Um, 
but uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. There's a lot of pieces that have changed. And I always wonder about how that affects the overall chemistry of the team when you have that many changes, you know, because some, some off seasons there, there hasn't been a lot of change. Um, and then this off season, it seems like there's been a lot of change. So it'll be interesting to see how those players all gel together. I'm, I'm hopeful. I feel like, you know, there's been some, some good upgrades. Um, but man, I, you know, after so many <laughs> After so many years of disappointment, you know, you, you try not to set your expectations too high. Um, but I like some of the things that, that happened in this off season so far. And I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm optimistic. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, I couldn't have said it any better. I, you know, you look at the team and um, they're better. There's no doubt they're better. Just adding Zach Hyman makes this team better. Right. Um, you know, the, um, the forward core is better and we, you know, we could, um, we could cross our fingers that guys like Zach Cassian have a bounce back year as well. Right. Um, even, you know, a little signing like the Perlini signing, right. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's a nice little depth signing for next to nothing. Right. Yeah. And I and, neglected to mention yeah. Derek Ryan as well. And yeah, you know what? Yeah. I was fine with that signing too. So. Yeah, I mean it it's it's definitely I think anyway from a forward perspective it's better from a defensive perspective I, I you know I I am struggling with this are we overvaluing uh Larson's contribution to the Oilers um and and I say that and I'd probably a lot of people would jump on me for saying that uh, cuz there was half the season where I really wasn't in love with Larson's game Mm-hmm. last year and and then you know another half of the season you know the, where i loved everything he did like and i'm i'm a larson fan i think he's a you know he's a hard-nosed defenseman he's hard to play against you talk to or you hear from other players in the in the league and and that's what they say but at the same time i mean he you know obviously he didn't contribute much offensively uh that wasn't his role right um but he um you know, I like. I'm really curious if that's as big a loss as I thought it was when I first heard that he was going to the the Kraken, Kraken or Kraken. <laughs> I still don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, Kraken, yeah. yeah. That, that's a good point, Mike. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, it, it's a good point. Um, and I think this this past season again, it was a shortened season, but um. You know, I, I think I saw more good things from Adam Larson this past season than we'd seen in some other seasons. He, you know. Um, yeah, I'm still here. A little bit of uh, again, in- internet instability. Instability. Still there? All right. That was, sorry. I kind of <laughs> kind of lost you for a sec. Oh, I'm on mute. I'm off mute. That's good. Uh, talking about Adam Larson. Did I lose you again? <laughs> yeah, I've been having. So I've. Um, I've yeah, I. You kind of broke. Internet. I don't know if it's on my end or what. So. Yeah, I think it's on my end. In fact, I've got the uh, the tech tech support for the Oilers live studio is actually coming tomorrow. I've had some uh, for the last month. I've had challenges here. 
and they finally said they'd come by and help me out. I'm still there. All right, I think we're back. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. This might be this might persist tonight. Let's um let's hope. Let's try again for let's try for another 10 minutes and if it um sure. if it keeps yeah. going, we'll uh we'll call it a night. We're not punching any time clock so we can <laughs> Sounds, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a great thing. When you're the uh when you're the producer and the host and everything, you get to choose when to call it a night. So, uh, but um, I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm not actually, I am enjoying the conversation tonight. It's good. It's good to have a chance to chat some hockey. Uh, so we were talking about Adam Larson just to get uh, regroup here. And um, the question is, uh, you know, your thoughts on him and, and the loss of him to the Oilers. Like, is it really as bad as, you know, we thought it was initially? Yeah. And I think he's one of those players for sure that uh, you have Adam Larson lovers and you have you have uh, fans that just don't really like him. I, I'll admit for sure during his tenure with the Oilers, there were times that he struggled and, and maybe didn't live up to expectations. I think this past season, I saw more uh, positives from him than negatives. Um, but yeah, that's a good question. And maybe, uh, you know, and, and again, I think, uh, you know, when you have a player that, you know, people um, are fans, real fans of, or, there's something about them you really like. Um, and then, you know, you, I, I think the way things unfolded with Adam Larson's situation, and it seemed, you know, fairly sh- certain that he was going to come back uh, to Edmonton. And then all of a sudden he didn't, um, you know, maybe it was a bit perplexing for people or it just kind of blindsided people, but then you have to kind of regroup and, and, and move on. Um, yeah. Is he, I always wonder kind of, um, and how Adam Larson, you know, the, the situation in which he became an oiler, if that kind of weighed on him quite a bit during his time with the Oilers. Um, I know there's been a lot of talk about that. I don't want to speculate too much. I mean, are we ever really going to know, you know, what it was? Um, Adam Larson doesn't owe us an explanation. He did what he had to do. Um, you always wonder, but uh, yeah. So, you know, was he a huge loss? Again, you know, Again, then you always have to think about if if you don't have Adam Larson there, who do you put put in his spot in the lineup, right? And um, you know, I again, I have mixed feelings about that one too. But again, that's a that's a that's a free agent. He he chose to sign elsewhere, and you just kind of have to you have to kind of go with it. I mean, like he did he did what he did, and that was you know that's her, his prerogative. And yeah, I, and you, you know, kind of think about on. it. When I think about it, and I think you've got uh, Larson and, um, or rather, I mean, you can put uh, Cece and Keith there in the second pair or, or you know, uh, one of uh, Keith and Bouchard or, you know, whichever. Uh, I, I just don't feel like it's as big a loss as we originally mm-hmm. thought. I, yeah. I, I think the CC signing, you know, brings another uh, good you know, solid, hard-nosed defenseman in there. He might not be, you know, some people think he's past his prime. Maybe he is, but I think he's going to do the job. And uh, and depend. And I think the, you know, the overall is there's a maturity on that, um, on that defensive core now that I think when they work together, it should be, in my mind anyway, better. One of the um, questions came in uh, for you, uh, uh, on Twitter from retired and wired. <laughs> uh, 
which available third pair left-handed defenseman free agent would you prefer the oil to still sign this off season? Uh, that's for both of us. I don't really have a good answer to that. I don't, I don't either. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, again, I think something you said earlier, Mike, kind of struck me, you know, this idea of um, just by nature of it being Edmonton, I think it does make it harder to sometimes get players here. So, you know, you can say, Hey, let's try to go out and get this guy. Let's try to go get that guy. And, you know, easier said than done. Um you know, I'm sure Ken Holland would love to bring in somebody else, but, you know, how much does he have to give up to do that if it's, you know, by trade or, or whatnot? I, you know, I don't know. I don't have a name. There's not there's not a name that really pops into my head. Um, part of it is me not wanting to, wanting to get too, I guess, hopeful about things. <laughs> but, I, you know, honestly, I don't think I can think of a particular person off the top of my head where I think, yeah, we should go out and get that guy. I don't know. I don't yeah. know how likely it is. So, yeah, yeah, I, it is tough to play those games. I, there, there's definitely wish lists of players that you'd like. There's nobody right now that I've got on my wish list uh, for Edmonton. A uh, couple of uh, questions come in off of uh, YouTube. Um, I'll start with uh, this one uh, or, well, this is more of a comment and then there's a question uh, and this is a good comment. Uh, Larson also lost his dad on a trip to Edmonton. He thinks between that and some fans, he just decided to get a fresh start. Fair comment. Not much yeah. more you can say to that. I, I, I think, uh, you know, um, yeah, it's tough. Right. So uh, I get that. And there's definitely some nasty fans out there, as we all know. <laughs> if you spend spend five minutes on Twitter, you'll, <laughs> you can find them. Uh, next question was, uh, do either of you think the changes to the lineup are enough to get the Oilers past the first round next spring? So, I mean, again, we're asking, is the team better? But that's the real question, right? Can the team, you know, make any type of, uh, you know, a... Um, a move in the playoffs, right? Your thoughts on that? I've got my own. Hey, you know what? I'll start because I always sure. get to yep. be the last word. I'll let you. <laughs> How's that sound? Yeah. Um, here's my thought on it. I I I think the team is better. Uh, I think they can get past the first round. Um, the um, I, I think that the uh, the division that we're playing in is a good division for the Oilers. The challenge that I see, um, which anybody who's listening or watching, and, and you're all great hockey fans, so I know you know this, is is goaltending. Um, you know, I, I believe Mike Smith is is a great goaltender and doing extremely well given his age and tenure in the league, uh, but I don't think he's the answer uh, to a team that wants to go, you know, long distance. Um, and I think if they can, you know, and maybe that's uh, – Ken Holland's um, MO this season is is get to the trade deadline and then make some moves at the deadline uh, for a goaltender. If they can do that, then I believe not only is it possible they can make it you know past the first round, but I think they can make it deep into the playoffs. Is my personal opinion on that. Um, and uh, the the biggest the other challenge for me um, is I'm not a Dave Tippett fan. Hmm. Uh, and, uh, and so, um, I, I think that hmm, maybe not any knucklehead, but uh, most, <laughs> most people could get this team of dry Nugent Hopkins, Darnell nurse, 
and of course Connor McDavid. And I, you know, <laughs> I put him last because uh, in that order because you know the other three are pretty damn good as well. Um, but you should, you know, the um, I said this last week. Playoffs should be table stakes with that core. Like that should, you know, that's a no brainer, right? I don't think you need to be Dave Tippett. You need to be, you know, a good hockey, you know, person, um, but um, maybe not. Uh, but it's it's getting deep in the playoffs that I think really takes a real coach. And uh, Dave Tippett's playoff um, winning percentage is is god awful. <laughs> so not just with the Oilers, but all time. Yeah. I think it's about 400. Uh, so I, I'm not convinced that he's the right guy to get them deep, but, uh, that's, those are my thoughts, your thoughts. Yeah. I, I think I agree with pretty much everything you said. I, um, yeah, with this core, yeah, you should be making the playoffs every year. <laughs> Goaltending, you know, I, uh, you know, again, I like Mike Smith. I like what he's done. You know, he was, he was not the reason why the Oilers couldn't get past Winnipeg. Um, I, I do wonder how much he has left in him. Like, like you said, like if this team winds up making it, you know, they get through the first round, you know, you're leaning on Mike Smith. Is he going to be able to get the job done? I don't even know what to think about um, Miko Koskinen anymore. I don't know if he'll still be here. Maybe he will be. Um, and I never know which Miko Koskinen is going to show up. I don't, you know, um, but it seems like, <laughs> it seems like Mike Smith of, of the two, it's, it seems like Mike, Mike Smith is probably more the the one in favor, but I do wonder how far he can make it. You know, Dave Tippett, I was kind of neutral about. And then after what happened um, against Winnipeg and some of the coaching decisions he made, I just... You know, like all of us, most of us, I think I just kind of, I was completely just dumbfounded and I don't, it was frustrating. It was really frustrating to see. And, um, and I wonder what those players thought, you know, um, when, when that kind of situation unfolded, you know, I really, I really wonder what was going through their heads. Um, but, you know, this team has been through so many coaches too, in the last however many seasons, you know, like, do you, and, and does Ken Holland believe in, in Dave Tippett? Cause if he does, then, you know, um, you know, he's the guy, I guess, but uh, you know, it's, it's tough when you're changing coaches every, you know, two seasons, every, you know, frequently. So, you, so I, I don't you know. brought up something that maybe I just, before you move on, I, I um, want to say, cause this is uh you said if you know does ken holland believe in dave tippett it's my thought and, and maybe it's more the pattern of ken holland which you brought up and you know his belief in veteran guys uh but that's dave tippett's mo too right mm-hmm. like you know the whole bouchard thing right like <laughs> that yeah. does not happen uh, you know if the coach is not on board with that that's not a ken holland decision no that's a dave tippett decision uh, and you know, watching bear go and watching Caleb Jones go and watching these players go, it tells me that, you know, that, um, Ken Holland is not just okay with Dave Tippett. He supports, mm-hmm. you know, the way he plays the game. And I, I think it's, I, you know, you said it, I, it is, I think it's a little outdated, <laughs> right. Um, and the, um, you know, you gotta hope that, um, Look, there. We've got two of the best players in the league today. Uh, one of the I'm I'm going to say one of the best defensemen in the league today. 
now in Darnell Nurse. I think last year he proved that in my mind. I know that's uh, still controversial with some folks, but I don't care. I think he's he's awesome. Um, you know, th- if those guys can step up and do that little extra that's magical, maybe they get deep. Uh, without the help of Ken Holland and Dave Tippett is my hope. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's kind of the part that it may it, maybe it's wishful thinking, uh, but uh, you know if anybody could do it, I, I'd say that core in, in Nugent Hopkins. We you know I didn't mention him. <laughs> He's pretty damn good. Uh, a lot of teams would love to have him on their team, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very uh, yeah. It's. Uh... <laughs> The Ken Holland and Dave Tippett combo, you know, um, yeah, it's they've they've got their way of doing things, and you're right, they do have very similar, you know, thought processes, I guess. So, um, and then I, I wonder, you know, um, you know, how much influence um, do guys like Connor McDavid, Leon Drysaddle have on on on, if any, on uh, some of those uh, coaching decisions? I don't know. But uh, it's it, it always has to be the right mix, right? You got the right mix of players, but then you have to have the right mix of, you know, coaching. The GM's got to do his job and, and maybe it all works out. Um, but, you know, they, you know, I feel like t- fans feel like time's ticking. You know, when Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl signed their contracts, it seemed like forever we were going to have these guys. And now we're down to, you know, the last what, five years of their contracts. It's not forever. Um, you know, they need to start going somewhere now. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens in this upcoming season. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm curious uh, because I, I'm, I'm on board. I think like the time is now. Why do you think it is though that, you know, the Oilers get this um, uh, and thank you. Um, I can't say the name. Somebody on YouTube uh, <laughs> said thanks. Great discussion today. Um, but um, why do you think it is that Oilers fans, or or even the hockey world in general, is so down on the Oilers all the time? When you've got a team, you know, that's not that far south of of the of the border in Denver, that has, you know, one hell of a good lineup, and you know, hasn't won that many more series than Edmonton has in the last 10 years. Uh, and of course I'm talking about the Colorado avalanche. Um, you know, I, I mean, uh, other than this past season, everybody like, you know, there were people that were saying, uh, Nathan McKinnon was, you know, comparable to Connor McDavid now. Okay. I, you know, I'll be fair. I'm, I'm a Nathan McKinnon fan. I think he's, he's a hell of a player. He is definitely one of the best players in the league. So I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but he's not Connor McDavid. <laughs> yeah. Right. But why, why do you think, you know, Edmonton's always the, you know, the, the one they kick uh, when they're down. Is there, is yeah. there a reason for that? Or maybe is it all the first round picks? I don't know. Like, is there some jealousy? Uh, yeah. What is it? I, maybe, you know, I think, I think it's probably a combination of things. I think some of it probably is the, you know, why did the Oilers get, you know, why did they get Connor McDavid and why did they get all these first round picks? That's, you know, you know, they have a, you know, horseshoe up their butt or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think some of it maybe has to do with, you know, the, the, you know, they didn't deserve Connor McDavid. Why do they get the best player in the league? Um, I think, um, you know, the Oilers, the Oilers had their dynasty 
you know, in the eighties, um, early nineties, you know, it was their time then. Um, and you know, it's not, they're, they're, uh, they're down at the bottom of the circle now, like they're going through their rough times and people sometimes like to kick you when you're down. Um, and then in Edmonton, you know, like at Edmonton is the Oilers, you know, you don't have a lot else going on in terms of sports, you know, you've got the Elks, but you know, CFL doesn't have the same cachet as, you know, the NFL or, you know, we, it, it's different here. Like hockey is, is everything. And, um, when things are great, things are great. And when things aren't great, wow, watch out. Right. It, it can be really tough. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, when I, I grew up in, in the Detroit area and, you know, hockey, you know, the Red Wings are, you know, huge, but I, you know, when I was a little kid, the Red Wings were the joke in the league. People laughed at them. You know, yeah. they were terrible. The owner had to sell cars to get people to come by the way, you know, like those were games. the tickets. Those were the tickets that you'd go to watch the Oilers play. Yeah. Because they were cheap. Right. <laughs> right. You could always go when the Red Wings are in town. Yeah. For an easy yeah. Win. yeah. And uh, you know, I, I remember when times were were bad in Detroit, and then there was the savior that came to the team named Steve Eisenman, <laughs> and things turned around after a while. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's a combination of things. I really do. Um you know, I think maybe it is a little bit of jealousy. Maybe it's a little bit of, yeah, you know, they had their time, you know, it's their time to go through the tough times now. Um, and then, you know, when hockey is such a big thing, when, um, you know, there's so much put on the success of the team and um, you got to win, you got to win. It's, you know, there's a lot of pressure. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, Oilers, Oilers is, you know, Edmonton. And I think it's a lot of frustration too. Um, you know, a lot of fears of not really doing a whole lot. So yeah, I think it's a combination of all those things together. So uh, Mike Derson is on Periscope right now. He's, he's made a comment and I'm kind of curious your, your thought on this, his comments. Uh, this is the first season with the full Holland stamp on this team. And he says for him, it will define uh, Tippett. Uh, so your thoughts on that, like, is this, you know, we've heard it talked about, do you think this is actually the first sort of full Holland season that, um, you know, given what, uh, what he had to, had to work with before? Yeah, I think that's a fair statement. Yeah. We knew, um, you know, the previous off season that, you know, and we heard what Ken Holland said about, you know, this is what I have to work with. You know, I can't, you know, he was, his hands were really tied in terms of cap space, and then now this year, he, you know, he had the money. Um, yeah, I think that's fair to say, you know, these are his moves. These are his decisions. Um, he's not necessarily anymore cleaning up the mess that he shall, shall he who shall remain unnamed <laughs> left with. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's a fair statement. And um, you know, even being a fan of the game for a long time. I won't, I won't say the number of years you kind of heard me allude to it, but yeah, I've, <laughs> when I see these same names pop up again, year after year, you have someone like Ken Holland, you have someone like Dave Tippett, you do start to wonder a little bit, like, are these the only names in the game? And, and I think you've got that before as well, when you have guys that are still with the organization, like Kevin Lowe and, you know, those guys, you know, it, it seems to be these same guys that are still hanging around and you, you do start to wonder sometimes, you know, isn't it maybe time for 
some fresh blood, you know, some new, you know, some new folks. I don't know. I mean, again, I always like to be optimistic and hopeful, but you know, there's, there's always that little bit of doubt in my mind too. And, you know, like we've said, Holland and Tippett have their kind of old school way of doing things. And is that, is that going to get it done now? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it bothers me. There's no doubt. I mean, I look at, uh, I look at this team. I look at the last couple of years we had, in fact, uh, prior to the COVID shortened season, uh, the team was doing phenomenal. Um, as, as you know, we were at the Oilers live cup, uh, leap year, uh, a couple yep. of years back now, hard to believe. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, but the Oilers were doing great. Like mm-hmm. they were second only to Vegas. There were points, uh, in the, um, in the, uh, season where they were, you know, uh, fighting for that, uh, top overall spot. I think they were on a roll. I don't know, you know, I give Tippett a, a tough time for that um, playoffs against Chicago. Um, and and at the same time, I, you know, I, I find that like that's such an unfair way to really grade a team for playoffs when they, you know, they had all that time off. You know, you can you could go, you know, the best team in the preseason is rarely the best team once the regular season starts right? Because it takes time for teams to gel again after an off season. And they really all, all those teams had an off season. And, uh, and then that first sort of uh, pre round of playoffs or whatever they want to call it, the play in round, you know, to me just was a hard, hard way to grade the, you know, the success of what I thought was a good regular season and a good team uh, that was playing well. And Koskinen was, um, playing great. I thought there were some funny uh, tippet decisions going into that, um, into that playoff round. Obviously, you know, we're just talking about Koskinen. Koskinen was the go-to guy that season. He had a hell of a, hell of a year. And then um, to play Mike Smith, right. Just shows his sort of reliance on what he knows uh, versus what, you know, maybe might be what the world's telling him to do. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then last season, I mean, I don't know that this four game sweep might've been the closest four game sweep I've ever seen. <laughs> right. Uh, in yeah. fact, did they not end up playing uh, five or six games once you add in all the overtime? Yeah, probably. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, um, it's really sort of tough. Uh, but, but again, you gotta, as a team, you gotta find a way to, to win those it's just uh it's just disappointing yeah. um we've got about uh five minutes left uh and and uh first off uh thanks for joining me tess as i said uh, my apologies for not having you on sooner because um i've always um and, and if and for those of you listening or watching uh go on to twitter and you can follow tess at uh, tg underscore bennett that's uh two n's and two t's that's what i tell everybody yeah, yeah. <laughs> two ends, two T's, <laughs> uh, and uh, always, always great um, when you're not talking Red Wings. Um. <laughs> I got two fan bases that I gotta keep happy. <laughs> I you know, know. I, I gotta. I know. And you it's know, hard keep, sometimes, you know. <laughs> you keep all of us happy. You're doing, uh, you're doing a great job, and it's, uh, it's always great to, uh, as I say, interact with you, and and um, and I and I know you've got a great mind for hockey, so love having you here. Um, any sort of last things like how do you when you look at the season coming up 
um, you know, any kind of thoughts that come to mind for you as we kind of finish off the night? Yeah, you know, there's, um, again, we're not kind of back to what um, this season was like, you know, a couple of years ago, because, you know, the off season's a little bit shorter, um, given everything that happened with COVID. So I am curious to see if that has any impact at all. Um, I know it's not a huge, a huge um, change, but it's, it's definitely a shorter off season. Um, so I do wonder if that's going to have any impact on how the team gets started. Cause of course you always want to get a strong, strong start out of the gate. Um, I, you know, there's been some great, great moves in the off season. I'm really excited to see this team, uh, on the ice together, see what happens. Um, I feel like this team is, you know, they've got unfinished business. Like, you know, this is a team that, that should have made it past the first round and, and they didn't. Um, and, you know, that, that hunger is there, that fire is burning. And, you know, look at, look at that core group of guys that we have, man, you know, <laughs> I have faith uh, that they can do it, but, you know, things have to fall into place too. And, um, you know, I, I, I really am, you know, hopeful and, uh, but, you know, I, I do, there's that little part of me that, you know, um, that uh, is, uh, I guess I wouldn't say worried, but, um, you know, have, you know, maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit nervous that, um, you know, the, the team could have some growing pains or some struggles, um, at the beginning, you know, as they learn to gel together, but, um, but this is a good team. This is a good team and they should go, you know, they should go somewhere this year. Um, but again, things have to click. Um, in terms of other moves, you know, I'm not sure what to expect and if Ken Holland's going to do anything else in this offseason. I don't think he feels a ton of pressure to make any more moves right now. I think he's the kind of guy that's going to wait for, you know, the right time unless something really just happens to kind of fall at his feet. But um, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> as an Oilers fan, I think you're always, there's always kind of some cautious optimism. So, <laughs> so true. Well, you know, uh, Tess, I, you know, I can't say it any better than that. So I, um, I'm going to leave it at that for tonight. Thanks again for having me. Thanks to everybody for listening. Thanks for interacting tonight and asking some questions. Uh, make sure you go to youtube.ca slash Oilers live, uh, to subscribe, uh, follow, as I said, uh, Tess on Twitter at TG underscore Bennett, two N's, two T's. And we'll see you again next Tuesday. I've got, uh, as my guest, uh, Low Tide's on next Tuesday. Uh, so it should be also another good episode, as uh, tonight was great. Uh, have a great night, uh, Tess. Maybe stay on for two seconds after I um, shut us down. All right. Thank Thanks, you. Mike.